guys, welcome back to episode 66 of the Sports Show with Ben and Dylan. Now, I'm actually here with Ben today. I know I said two weeks ago that uh, Ben would be away for a little bit, but we decided to get one out because it is a mock draft. I'm posting three episodes this week. We're still not 100% sure on Ben's availability for all of them, but we know he will be here for this one today. The draft, as you should know, if you listen to the podcast, is on Thursday, and we're going to be doing a mock draft like we do most years, well, not two years. Uh, but yeah, we'll get into it after a quick word from our sponsor. Yeah, this episode, as are all episodes of the Sports Show with Ben and Dylan, brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Yes, yeah, so we can get into it. So, as you know, mock draft, or there's 32 NFL teams, so we have a 32-pick draft. Uh, we were just doing the first round. I know last year we did two rounds, but we just decided to stick with one today. So, yeah, we can start off here with the first pick where the Jacksonville Jaguars will select Trevor Lawrence. If they take somebody else, that would be shocking, but I don't think anyone could really see that. Lawrence won, went a whopping 33-2 and two in his time with uh, the Clemson Tigers, which is ridiculous. He won one national championship. He lost in the national championship in the college football playoff. Semifinals, uh, once, excuse me, 33-3. and three. Sorry, that's my bad. Uh, but yeah, Lawrence is a can't-miss prospect. He draws comparisons to the life of Andrew Locke, John Elway, Peyton Manning, just in NFL readiness. Uh, so yeah, we'll just assume you have Lawrence going here too. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think anything other than uh, this pick uh, at this point would be an absolute shock. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguar- Jaguars are in desperate need of a quarterback, so uh, this pick makes plenty sense for them. Uh, yes, yeah, so we can move on to the second pick. Um, so I think with the second pick, it's once again sort of determined um, – uh, I think it's a no-brainer that the Jets will select Zach Wilson out of BYU. Um, um, yeah, Wilson is another can't-miss prospect. He went from a guy who was not really on anyone's draft radar, nonetheless, no one on or no one's draft radar to go in the first round. He had a dominant season at BYU, was one of the best teams in college football all year. And now he's basically a lock to go at number two unless the Jaguars do something ridiculous and, like, don't take Lawrence for some reason. But, yeah, Wilson is awesome. Uh, He showed some great throwing ability at the Combine, and I think he'll be solid in the NFL along with Lawrence. Uh, I'm going to assume you have him here too. Yeah, uh, so for a while this pick was uh, pretty much off the air. Maybe uh, someone like a Justin Fields. Uh, would go to this pick, but now I think it is pretty much determined uh, as we are now, obviously, just days away from the draft. I think it is pretty obvious, and just about everybody knows that this pick is going to be Zach Wilson. Yes, yeah, so we can move on to the third pick, which is the first pick where it starts to get really interesting. Now, the Niners traded up here with the Dolphins. The Dolphins via the Texans had this pick at three, um, and the Niners then slid up uh, from... 12 to 3. So the Niners are indeed picking here. And it's going to be a quarterback, despite Jimmy Garoppolo leading them to six minutes away from a Super Bowl win only um, only two years ago. He was miserable this season, and Kyle Shanahan is, seems to be done with them. 
potential options range from Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and Mac Jones, all solid quarterback prospects. Who do you have the Niners taken? Yeah, I have uh, them going with uh, Mac Jones here of Alabama. He had a pretty good college year. Uh, and, you know, as you mentioned, I think the Niners will go quarterback here. Um, I, I think they could very well easily go with Justin Fields here, but I have them taking Mac Jones. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Um, I have them going with Trey Lance at three. I think there is a possibility that we are all getting trolled by the Niners. As they said, they are basically down to Mac Jones and Trey Lance. I, I personally think Lance is just a much better um, prospect than Jones. I think Jones will be decent. He'll be a solid starter, but I don't really see him being anything special. Um, I feel like it could be, and this is a term you're going to hear a lot, in the draft, like smoke screening us as okay, they want the teams, even if they're going to have their shot, as Lawrence and Wilson will go top two. Um, they want to just absolutely confuse everybody, but um, and I could see them then taking field, even though they leaked that they weren't going to. But just to be safe, I'm going to go Trey Lance here. I think he is a similar version in size and, and sort of uh, running ability and throw power. It's like a Josh Allen prototype. Now, he hasn't had a big sample size against, or against like, great NFL talent as he went to North Dakota State. But, like, the Carson Wentz pick, at least for the first few years of his career, um, I, don't, I don't think talent in college, and, and I think this will be the same with Zach Wilson, really determines how good of an NFL prospect you are. And I didn't even think about this, but with his comparison for me, Josh Allen. But, yeah, I think Lance slides in at three. Um, yeah, so Lance slides in at three, which brings us to the fourth pick where the Falcons are on the clock. Who do you have the Falcons selected? Yeah, so uh, here I have them taking uh, Kyle Pitts, uh, tight end out of Florida. Now, uh, the Falcons could go a lot of directions with this pick. And maybe the move here is uh, to to go to move back in the draft, uh, find a team. Uh, there's some potential talk. Maybe they slide back with the Patriots, something along those lines. Maybe the Patriots move up for a quarterback. We shall see. But I think the Falcons, I think the move for the Falcons could be uh, to stay at four and get Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts might be, uh, other than Trevor Lawrence, might be the best, uh, just best talented, uh, most talented uh, prospect in this class besides uh, all the quarterbacks. So I, I think he's going to be really good uh, in the NFL. Um, who do you have the Falcons taking at number four? And this is really, really interesting because, well, one, the fact that Matt Ryan, he's 35, he's not good at football, but they signed him to an extension, and he, he's still decent. He's serviceable. Um with Calvin Ridley at receiver. I don't really think the receiver's the need. Now, I'm sure most of you, if you guys are NFL fans, you've heard the Julio chatter and how the Falcons are, quote-unquote, this is the word they use, like, open to Julio trade proposals. I don't know if that really means they're in on it or if they're just looking for, like, a golden offer to accept. But uh, just in case, maybe, but I, I doubt it because you have Ridley and and other okay, other surrounding receivers, they like reach on like Jamar Chase or Waddle, but I don't see it. I think they will take off uh, Pitts here. Never would I expect 
a tight end to go in the top five, but Kyle Pitts is different. Um, he is so athletic. He is so good, and he absolutely dominated college um, all last season. So I think Kyle Pitts goes here at four out of Florida. We can move on to the fifth pick where the Cincinnati Bengals are on the clock. Who do you have them selecting? Yeah, so I think the uh, Bengals here at number five will take uh, Sewell, an offensive lineman out of Oregon. Definitely the best offensive lineman in this class. Um, I think before it became so obvious that the Jets were in dire need of a quarterback, that maybe he could go um, up at number two to the Jets. That's how good of a prospect he is. But I think he slides in right here nicely uh, to number five at the Bengals. Uh, the Bengals desperately need some some more protection for Joe Burrow, uh, as that is part of the reason he suffered a season-ending injury. So I think uh, Sewell uh, can be a great addition to that offensive line. I'm done. Yeah, I would say the Cincinnati Bengals franchise is something of a laughing stock. They haven't won a playoff game in like 30 years. Um, and I would not be surprised if they take a receiver here, considering it is partially a need of theirs. I mean, they have Mixon, or Mixon, sorry, Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins. They're not bad, but I guess they could use a receiver. Um, but if you really don't try to protect your franchise quarterback at all costs, especially coming off a pretty bad injury, then I don't really know what you're doing in an NFL franchise. So, yeah, I'm definitely going uh, with Penny Soul here. He's a beast. He obviously sat out of the season last year. He opted out. But he won the Outland Trophy for the best O-lineman uh, as a sophomore, which was pretty impressive at Oregon. He is just an absolute stud. And I think he is, along with Pitts, like pretty significantly the best uh, non-quarterback prospect in the draft. So, yeah, we can move on to the number six pick where the Miami Dolphins are on the clock. Yeah, so uh, the Miami Dolphins at number six here. Dolphins kind of need a little bit, not need, but uh, could go in a lot of different directions uh, with this pick. I think they take a receiver here. I think they get Jamar Case out of LSU. Um, Everybody uh, is talking about this, but I will add on to it as well. Uh, You know, we saw the emergent. Justin Jefferson with the Vikings this year. Uh, Justin Jefferson was great for LSU uh, when he played there, but uh, many would agree that Jamar Chase was better than him at LSU. Uh, and with the and how with how good Justin uh, Jefferson has been in the NFL, uh, if this stays true, I can only imagine how good Jamar Chase will be. Who do you have the Dolphins taking at number six? Yeah, I mean, as you said, he was so good in college. And Jefferson was sort of better on, like, the big stage in the college football playoff. So maybe you knew his name more. But Chase was dominant. Once again, like Sewell, as a sophomore, he won um, the Belentikoff Award over guys like um, like Jerry Judy and CeeDee Lamb and Michael Pittman Jr. and um, and, and Jefferson. So Jamar Chase was a he also opted out of the season, and he was one of those guys, I'd say along with Sewell, who uh, stock didn't really take any hit. I mean, he went from the number one receiver in the class to probably at some point not the number one receiver in the class when Waddle and Smith were sort of dominating college. But as we got further into the draft process, people realized that this guy is the best 
wide receiver on the board. And I think he goes at number six to Miami. Now, the Dolphins were sort of that one big playmaker away, I think, from making the playoffs. I mean, we saw that Tua Tagovailoa, he wasn't particularly good as a rookie, but he helped them win games along with a good defense and a solid O-line and a great coaching staff led by Brian Flores. And they didn't really have much of an identity in terms of um, an offense. And I think if you get a good receiver, this team can be very good next year as long as Tua progresses. Uh, it doesn't need to be a crazy amount, but as long as he um, is a little bit better throwing the ball. So, yeah, I think Chase slides in here at number six. So we can move on to the seventh pick where the Lions are on the clock. Yeah, so with the Lions uh, at number seven, we were just talking about this wide receiver class. I think the second wide receiver uh, goes off the board here. I have them taking Jalen Waddle here. Now, Jalen Waddle uh, was very good at Alabama when he played, but then did suffer an injury that sidelined him and led to the emergence of Devontae Smith, who we will get to later. But anyway, with the Lions here at number seven, I have them taking Jalen Waddle. It's really interesting how Devontae Smith, as you guys should know, won Heisman as a receiver, which is impressive in its own right. But the fact that for like the first quarter of the season, so like the first four or five games, he wasn't even the best receiver on his team. And despite being good, uh, that just proves how ridiculous he was in the second half of the season or the last two-thirds of the season. But anyway, the Lions, they... um, made a gigantic move this offseason in um, in trading Matthew Stafford for a few future picks and Jared Goff's joke of a contract. Um, and then uh, they also proceeded to lose star receiver Kenny Galladay to my uh, Giants this offseason. So, yeah, the, the Lions are sort of a mess all over the ball and offense. They have no line no defense. The Lions are going to be one of the league's worst teams. And despite the fact that um, they need a receiver pretty desperately, it's like Quintus, they also lost Marvin Jones Jr. Like Quintus Cephas or somebody like that is rolling in next season as their number one receiver. Uh, But I think you have to start your franchise with a quarterback. And I know you traded for Goff, but I just don't believe in Goff whatsoever. I think the Lions select Justin Fields here with the seventh pick out of Ohio State University. Now, Fields was very, very good in college for two straight seasons. Uh, Ohio State didn't play that many games this year. So he didn't really get to showcase his talent until the college football playoffs where he absolutely lit up a good Clemson defense and completely outplayed Trevor Lawrence, which made everyone sort of rethink for a second, is Lawrence definitely the best guy? And now Fields has fallen to the third or the fourth best quarterback prospect in the draft. But I think the Lions snag him here at number seven as he is the fourth quarterback taken off the board. So, yeah, I have... Fields going number seven, which brings us to the number eight pick in the draft where the Panthers are on the clock. Yeah, so with the Panthers at number eight, I think they select a quarterback. I have them taking Trey Lance out of North Dakota State. Now, you had him going uh, earlier, number three, uh, to the Niners, and you talked about him there, so I don't really have anything to add on there, but I had the Panthers selecting Trey Lance. Yeah, that makes much sense. And I was pretty high on the Panthers selecting a quarterback, whether it's going to be Lance or Fields or whoever the best guy on the board was. But then they traded some picks for Sam Darnold. And 
I guess this sort of is the same thing as, like, the Goff situation. Well, Darnold and Goff, they're both not good quarterbacks. You, you sort of want to start your franchise with a potentially good quarterback. But I think I have more faith in Darnold just because he has not played with a legitimate receiver his whole time. He's reunited with Robbie Anderson, and, um, and he gets to throw the ball to Christian McCaffrey as long as he can throw on the field, or as long as he can stay on the field. And then DJ Moore. So I would give Darnold a chance if you're Carolina. So I have them helping Darnold out. The Panthers had a rather weak O-line this year. Uh, so I think they select Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern. Now, he's another one of those guys um, who stock didn't drop too far. His stock actually pretty much rose. I had him being, I remember, if you think back to the DW podcast, we did like a way too early 2021 NFL mock draft. I had him as a first-round pick. I think around this area, and his stock has not dropped whatsoever. Rashawn Slater, a beast out of Northwestern. I think he is clearly the number one, or sorry, the number two aligned behind Sewell uh, in this draft class, and I think he goes to uh, the Panthers at number eight, which brings us to number nine, where the Denver Broncos are on the clock. Yeah, so with the Broncos at uh, number nine, them taking a guy you just had coming off the board, at number seven to the Lions, that would be Justin Fields. Now you, th- uh, he had that, uh, he had that really good college football playoff that, as you mentioned, it kind of made everybody rethink uh, the quarterback rankings. But then uh, I think we had a correction, uh, and Justin Fields drops uh, down a little bit on most people's boards, uh, but still goes within the top ten for me. I've got him going number nine to the Broncos. Yes, yeah, so uh, we so there goes all of your quarterbacks. So you have all five guys going in the top ten. I still have Mac Jones sitting there, and I think he could potentially go number nine to the Broncos. But I have not seen anybody basically besides the Niners and the Patriots express much interest in Mac Jones, and I don't think he's that great of a prospect. So I do not have the Broncos selecting him. Instead, I think they continue to build on their solid secondary by selecting Patrick Sertain, the third, uh, the son of the former solid NFL player, Patrick Sertain. Um, Yeah, he's solid, and he was pretty good at Alabama this season. He was the best cornerback in college football, probably. Um, So, yeah, he's solid. Him and J.C. Horn are basically unanimously, unanimously the top two corners in the draft. I think I've seen who's number one varied a a bit, but I think the Broncos select Sertain. Now they did a job by paying Justin Simmons, their star safety, one of the better safeties in football, a boatload of money this offseason. I think they build on the secondary by getting them a solid corner in Sertain. So yeah, I have Patrick Sertain going at number nine, which brings us to the number 10 pick where we start a three-in-a-row run of NFC East team selecting. Yeah, so with the Cowboys at number 10, I have them taking the guy you just talked about, Patrick Sertain, out of Alabama. You hit on basically everything I have to say there. So who do you have uh, the Cowboys selecting at 10? Yeah, the Cowboys pretty desperately need a cornerback. As you all saw, their defense was an absolute mess this year. And this isn't a good defensive class, as Sertain was – the first, well, it, it's deep, but it's not pretty good. At, it's not half heavy. And uh, as Sertain and this guy, I think, are pretty clearly, along with a guy like Micah Parsons, maybe, the top defensive prospects in this draft, 
I think at number 10, the Dallas Cowboys select J.C. Horn, cornerback out of South Carolina. Uh, J.C. Horn hits the checks all the boxes and as an um, NFL prospect. I think he can be compared to guys just in play style. I don't think he'll be as good as guys like Jalen Ramsey. He's, he's very talented. And I think it's debatable whether um, Horn or Sertain is the better corner in the draft. I think the Cowboys have expressed more interest in Sertain, but uh, considering he's off the board, I think they'd be just happy uh, with J.C. Horn here. So I have J.C. Horn going at number 10 to the Dallas Cowboys, which brings us to uh, our favorite team at number 11, the New York Giants. Yeah, so the Giants... uh... The Giants are in a pretty good position on my board here. They can get uh, a lot of guys that I would like them to take. Uh, I have them going with Devontae Smith. Uh, you mentioned earlier in the episode uh, about how they got Kenny Galladay this offseason. Uh, but I still think that receiving core could use a little bit more work. I have them taking uh, Devontae Smith here uh, and just continuing to add weapons for Daniel Jones. Yeah, I think there's a uncertainty with how healthy Galladay will be. And I think the Giants' only other standout needs are O-linemen and uh, edge rushers. And the edge rush talent is decent, but it's not really in a good position at 11. I- I've heard some chatter that they could trade down with somebody like the Patriots at 15, and then that'd be prime position to text- select someone like Quidi Pay or Jalen Phillips. But I don't see it at 11. So I think they just address the wide receiver need by selecting Jalen Waddle. Now, the more I think about it, he probably won't fall to 11, but I have him falling there. I think if somebody like the Lions, who need a receiver, decide to address that position and stick with Goff, then he, he won't be there, and I think they'll take Smith. Because um, I, I don't see three quarterbacks or three receivers going in the top 10. Um, I don't really – I'm looking at it. I don't think there's a scenario where all three guys go. But I think the Giants jump on Jalen Waddle. As I said earlier, he was better than Devontae Smith uh, in when they were both healthy. And I think he is his better build. I mean, as you know, Devontae Smith's really, really um, small. And he's not really going against as um, slow, less NFL talent, obviously, in college. I think Waddle is just a better prospect. So I have the Giants selecting him. At number 11, which brings us to number 12, where the Philadelphia Eagles are on the clock. Yeah, so uh, again, a couple different directions the Eagles could go with this pick. Uh, We were talking about the top cornerback in the class just a few minutes ago. Uh, We both have Patrick Sertain off the board, and now I think uh, the other guy in that best cornerback conversation goes here. I've got J.C. Horn going to the Eagles at 12. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, the Eagles basically need skill positions. They, they sort of need everything. Um, but it looks like Hurts is their guy. I guess, theoretically, they could take Mac Jones, but it doesn't make much sense considering I'm not that high in Jones. And if you weren't, like, you would have kept the sixth pick if you really wanted the quarterback. If, if you guys didn't know, they traded uh, from 12 to 6 with the Dolphins. So, yeah, with the 12th pick, I have the Eagles uh, giving – Jalen Hurts, basically his first ever weapon in um, Devontae Smith. Obviously, in his four-game tenure last season, he didn't have much to throw the ball to. Uh, guys like Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz were decent, but then like best receivers were like Deshaun Jackson for a few games, and 
JJ or Sega Whiteside. Not great. Um, like not not impressive. But I think Devontae Smith. He, I don't I don't love him as a prospect, but if you can get him at twelve, I think he's solid value. Uh, so yeah, I have the Eagles getting Devontae Smith with the twelfth pick in the draft, which brings us to the number thirteen selection, where the Los Angeles Chargers are. Yeah, so uh, you talked about this guy just a couple of picks ago uh, when you had him going to the Panthers at 8. Here at 13 with the Chargers, I think they get some help for Justin Herbert's offensive line. I got them taking Rashawn Slater here. Yeah, that makes sense. The Chargers pretty desperately need an O-lineman. And I think here, I wouldn't say they reach – but it's it's a slight reach. As I wouldn't say he's a he's a top thirteen or he's like the thirteen best player in the draft. But but need sometimes is more important than just who's the best player. So I have the Chargers getting Christian Darrisaw. Now I think the interesting is well, Chargers signed Corey Lindsley. He's um, Darrisaw's a tackle, and Lindsley Lindsley is an interior alignment. That's not the point. I think the Chargers O line could improve. Do something like the Browns. But they went from one of the worst in uh, 19 to basically the best in 20. I think the Chargers O-line can take a big step up this year. And uh, as long as Darisaw is good, that will definitely help. He's a solid uh, run-blocking O-lineman at, uh, out of Virginia Tech. He was good in college. And I think he goes number 13 here. Another big stop in April. as I didn't even have him on my top uh, like 25 board, but he – uh, has really jumped up recently. So I have him going at number 13, which brings us to the number 14 pick for the Minnesota Vikings era. Yeah, so with the Vikings here at 14, I have them taking Jalen Phillips, uh, an edge rusher. I think they could use uh, some uh, – I think they could use some help. So that's who I have them taking here, uh, Jalen Phillips, out of the University of uh, Miami. Yes, yeah, so with the 14th pick, um, I have oh, the Vikings. Sorry, I, yeah, yeah, sorry, go ahead. With the 14th pick, I have the Vikings selecting Phillips here, too, out of Miami, as you said. Uh, Jalen Phillips was a highly touted prospect um, coming out of high school, and despite being solid in college, I think he could have been way better. Um, I think... In 2018, he, like, retired completely. So, UCLA, he was decent, but he got, like, a lot of concussions. And he had to, like, retire medically or something. And then he came back to Miami, and then he was good this season and last season. He's an All-American this year. I think if the injuries can hold up, this guy – or not if the injuries can hold up. He can hold up and not get um, so many injuries – I think he's going to be a really, really good player. But I want to bet on that, and maybe that's why Minnesota takes an edge rusher like Quiggy Pay. But um, I think sometimes you just got to take the most talented player on the board and hope for the best. So I think Phillips goes here at 14 to the Minnesota Vikings, which brings us to the 15th pick with the New England Patriots. Yeah, so the New England Patriots are kind of in a year, at least in my opinion, um, they had a potential, they have a potential opportunity rather to move up and maybe get a quarterback, but I think they put and they grab a really solid prospect in Micah Parsons. 
Uh, yeah, that makes sense. I was really, really high on Micah Parsons for a while this season. And he's one of those guys who was hit the hardest by um, by the lack of him playing. He's opted out. Um, plus the fact that it has been revealed that he has some severe characters, which was another reason for his downfall. Now, I think if a team reaches a bit, maybe like the Broncos, he could go in the top 10, but it seems unlikely. Uh, but I think he's going to be really good. That being said, I still have a very good quarterback, or at least one of the top quarterback prospects, still on the board at number 15. After taking a huge fall, I have the Patriots jumping on Mac Jones. Now, Mac Jones finished second in Heisman voting this season, and he was really, really good. Um, He's the quarterback, obviously, after Tua Tugavailoa, and he lived up to those expectations. He was awesome. But I just don't know how good of a prospect he is. I think he's like, draws comparisons to a guy like, I don't know, like Kirk Cousins, maybe. Like he's not, he's not particularly good at anything, but he's decent. So I think if he's there at 15, the Patriots would definitely have to pick him. So, yeah, I have him going at 15 to the Pats as they sort of – even if he backs up Cam for a little, he he basically becomes the guy for the future. And Cam is sort of put in the doghouse. So that moves us to the 16th pick where the Arizona Cardinals are on the clock. Yeah, so with the Cardinals on the clock here, I have them taking Caleb Farley, uh, who is a cornerback. Uh, I think they can add uh, to him and Patrick that defense and create a pretty solid defense along with we'll see if Isaiah Simmons progresses uh, a little bit more this season but that's who I have them taking here uh what about you well Patrick Peterson actually left in the offseason to the Vikings but but anyway I uh, I think that makes sense they could take a corner and I, I don't I have Farley taking a bit of a dip um to the later portion of the first round just because he had a back surgery recently and um He's not a definite uh, prospect, or I wouldn't say he's a definite prospect, but I think he is going to be solid. So um, I think he goes in the first round, but I just have him going later. Anyway, with the 16th pick, I have the Cardinals jumping on a can't-miss prospect as long as he can um, sort of be cohesive in the locker room. In Michael Parsons, this guy is a Reek. He can sort of like Isaiah Simmons. He could be a linebacker, uh, safety. He he's really fast. He can sort of do it all. Um, he he can even play like sub corner every once in a while. So yeah, Micah Parsons is a stud. I think he goes number sixteen to the Cardinals, which brings us to the seventeenth pick where the Las Vegas Raiders are on the clock. Yeah. So with uh the Vegas Raiders here on the clock. At 17, I have them taking uh, uh, cornerback as well as I had at 16. Uh, I have them selecting Greg Newsome, the second out of Northwestern, uh, as they add to their defense. Yeah, he is solid. That would be the second Northwestern player off the board, which is a bit surprising. But yeah, so with the 17th pick, I have the Raiders getting a linebacker. I guess he's more of an outside linebacker, but he can sort of come off the edge from Tulsa, David Collins. He's a solid player. I think uh, him, along with some other linebackers like 
Jeremiah Wusso Koromoa uh, could go here, and like Jamin Davis from Kentucky. If not, maybe Parsons is on the board, but I wouldn't bet on it because I felt like 16 was even a little late for him. And if not, I guess he could take a corner like Newsom or Caleb Farley. So I still have him on the board. Uh, so, yeah, that makes sense. We can move on to the 18th pick where the Miami Dolphins are on the clock the second time. Yeah, so um, I, had the, uh, I had the Dolphins grabbing uh, – grabbing Jamar Chase uh, at number six overall. And then here at uh, number 18, I think they add once again to their offense, uh, add to that to a tug of Iloa offense uh, and take Najee Harris uh, running back Alabama, who had a really good season this year for Alabama. Yes, such a beast. I'm particularly high on Travis Etienne, so I actually don't have Najee Harris going here. I don't really see the Dolphins taking a running back just because it's not really a top 20 pick at this point, unless there's like a, a really, really good guy like Saquon that you need to take. So I have them getting a solid guy here off the edge. So you get Chase, and now on the defensive end, you get Queedy Pay. This guy is a stud, and his draft stock was way higher as most people had him going as like a, a top 10 pick for a while. But now I have him going at 18. So yeah, Queedy Pay goes number 18 from Michigan. Now, we can move on to the 19th pick where the Washington football team are on the clock. Yeah, so uh, the Washington football team here, um, they have a pretty solid defense, but I think they can add to that uh, with his pick. Uh, I have them taking, now I know I'm going to butcher this name, Jeremiah owuso Kamora out of Notre Dame. Yeah, I think it's close enough. I, I'll just say I have that guy going here, too. He's a stud out of Notre Dame, right? Really hope the Giants don't reach and take him, but I, I saw some rumors that they were interested. Uh, but yeah, this guy's good, and I think he'll fit in good in that Washington defense. I mean, there's not really anything standout that they need. Obviously, they need a quarterback because it's going to be Fitz Magic, but there's no quarterback to select here. Running back, they're good with Gibson. The receivers are solid. Tight end is solid. O line is good, and then it sort of comes down to like the defense, and they're good on the D line. So I guess uh, they get a linebacker. I know the linebackers part of the front seven. Uh, anyway, I think they take Jeremiah. We're just gonna leave it at that. So we can move on to the twentieth pick, where the Chicago Bears are on the clock. So with the Bears here at twenty, I have them taking Christian Darisaw, an offensive lineman, get some protection up front. Yeah, that makes sense. As I had him going at 13, they need an O-lineman. Pretty bad. Um, So I have them selecting a different O-lineman. He's an interior O-lineman, but but still. Um, Elijah Vera Tucker, this guy is pretty solid out of USC. Another guy, I really hope the Giants don't reach on him because they do need some O-line help, but it just wouldn't make much sense. But yeah, this guy's a stud out of USC, solid run blocker, solid pass blocker. I think the Bears select him here. Uh, They're in need of an O-line. Pretty bad. Uh, It was a disaster last year. And one of the reasons Money Mitch and and Nick Foles were so bad. Um, So yeah, we can move on to the 21st pick where the Colts are on the clock. Yeah, so with the Colts here at uh, at 21, uh, I have them take the same guy you just had them taking. Um, Elijah. 
Elijah Vera Tucker, uh, an offensive lineman. I think they do need some O-line help, um, so that uh, will help them out up front. Uh, so he is out of uh, USC. Uh, so I think the Colts add to their offensive line. Who do you have them taking? Uh, yes, so with the 21st pick, I have the Colts adding to their O-line. And despite their O-line um, being pretty solid, I think it can improve a bit. Uh, interior linemen, I know they have um, Quentin Nelson, but maybe he ends up – I guess he probably – he was an interior O-lineman at Garden College, but I guess he probably ends up playing tackle in the Colts' offense. Um, maybe. Yeah, I assume so. Uh, I think he'll take uh, Taven Jenkins out of Oklahoma State. Solid um, run protector. I think he goes at number 21. I could see the Colts take Weaver to solidify Wentz some more weapons. I mean, they have TY and MPJ, but it could still definitely improve if they take a guy like Elijah Moore or Darius Tony, Rashad Bateman, one of those sort of three through five receivers in this class. So, or sorry, four through six receivers in this class. Um, so, yeah, I, I just have him protecting the O-line a bit more as, you know, Wentz is a highly injury-prone player. So, yeah, we can move on to the 22nd pick uh, where I have a guy whose name I am either going to butcher um, or may- maybe I'm right. I'm going to go with Aziz Audulary, the lineman out of uh, Georgia. He saw a player. Um, his stock has risen a bit, but I think he goes here at 22 to the Titans, who had a relatively weak defense last year. Yeah, I've got the same guy going here. Uh, I'm not even going to try to attempt it. Uh, I think you've got as about, about as good as I would get here. So, anyway, um, he is out of Georgia, and I think, as you mentioned, I think they would be uh, a good fit here. Yes, yeah, so with the 23rd pick, the Jets are on the clock. Now, they got... Uh, the quarterback they want, obviously, I mean, they wanted Trevor, and then they won two games in a row. But but I'm just saying they get Zach Wilson, and now I think they get a guy who you had going at 17, Greg Newsome, the second out of Northwestern. This guy's a good, good player. And the Jets need a cornerback pretty bad, and if they were not so bad last year, they'd probably be in position to take someone like 13 or Horn, but obviously they were so bad last year. Um so, yeah, I have them or, – or actually, it, maybe before they traded Darnold, it was a possibility that they could trade down and take a corner because they are so bad at corner. But instead, they just take Newsom here at 23, which is solid, which brings us to the 24th – or, sorry, who do you have going 23 to the Jets? Yeah, so at 23, uh, two Jets here. I've been taking Gregory Russo uh, out of Miami. He is an edge rusher. Uh, so I think they get uh, some help on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, that guy's stock fell hard. Um, but yeah, I think I do not have him going. Or no, I don't think I do not have him going in this draft. I think he could. He's a talented player. But I decided to pass on him. Um, so yeah, we can move on to the twenty fourth pick where the Steelers are clock. I have my first running back off the board. I said it earlier. I do not have Najee going. I have Travis Etienne. I think it's just a safer bet. I mean, not Harris was like plowing and trucking and hurdling uh, college defenders. I think a great, a solid runner and a great pass catcher is just more of a safe bet in the NFL. So I have these Steelers taking ATN. Obviously, they lost James Conner um, this offseason. I don't think Benny Snell is the move long term, but I think ATN is a solid pick here for the Steelers. 
Uh, he goes 24. Who do you have going at 24 for the Steelers? Yeah, I have uh, the Steelers here taking Travis Etienne for the same reason. Um, I, I think that they definitely are in need uh, of a running back, obviously, as you just explained. I did see a rumor today that they could potentially be interested in, uh, in Kyle Pitts, or sorry, in Kyle Trask, rather, uh, out of Florida um, with Big Ben's uh, age continuing to go up. Um, but I have them taking Travis Etienne here uh, as they are in dire need of a running back. Uh, yeah, it's, it's scary. The Steelers need basically everything except for a receiver. And, like, Ed Rusher, the Steelers, I don't know how to feel about them because they were so good this season until they were so bad, and I don't have much high hopes for them this season. But you never know. Uh, anyway, with the 25th pick, that the Jaguars are on the clock, and uh, they got Trevor Lawrence, their franchise quarterback. I mean, anyone would take him, but uh, now I think they get potentially if he can really be good I, I wouldn't bet on it because it's a late first round receiver but uh maybe uh Trevor Lawrence's receiver of the future in Rashad Bateman whether it's gonna be Bateman Kadarius Tony Elijah Moore guys that earlier Terrence Marshall um it's probably going to be one of them here at 25 whoever the best available is in according to the Jags. I personally think Bateman is the best of those few guys I just listed as he goes number 25 here to the Jags and gets Trevor Lawrence's first weapon. I mean, they have like DJ Shark, but but still, with the 25th pick, who do you have the Jags selected? Yeah, so uh, I have them taking a receiver here as well for the same reasons as you. I have them selecting Kadarius Tony out of Florida. He stays in the state of Florida as he goes to the Jags here uh, as we can now move on to 26. Yeah, the with the 26 pick, we have the Browns on the clock, and uh, Browns get their O line's great, their receivers are solid, their running backs are obviously awesome, uh, and and Baker seems to be the guy long term. You never know, but judging off of last season, uh, their secondary solid, um, so that sort of just leads it to the D line where uh, they have a nagging um, problem at. Um, at D-lineman or at, like, nose tackle. And I think they get a solid one here in Christian Barmore out of Alabama. He's really the only good um, the defensive tackle in the draft. Uh, and I think the Browns snag him here at pick 26. Um, so, yeah, who do you have selecting here? Yeah, I have the exact same pick here. Uh, for the exact same reasons as you, I think uh, the Browns could use – uh, some help on that defensive line, and I think that a, this pick uh, can definitely improve that uh, as we can now move on to 27. Yeah, so with the 27th pick, I the Ravens are on the clock. They should probably take a receiver, to be honest, but I think they get a guy who I think is first-round talent. Um, he's, once again, sort of the only safety that is first-round talent on the board, so why not jump at him? There's not great at safety. Um, they lost Earl Thomas, and they're still not particularly good. I think they select a solid player in Trevon Morig. Um, I'm not sure if that's how you say his name, but he looks solid out of TCU. I have him going at 27. Do you have him selecting a receiver here? Yeah, I do have the Ravens uh, picking up a receiver to add to their uh, weaponry. Uh, I have them taking Elijah Moore out of Ole Miss. Um, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I think Moore is a solid guy. I, I think if I don't have him going, 
in or I do not have him going in the first round, but he'll be an early second round pick to a receiver needy team. So they, that makes sense, which brings us to the 28th pick where I have the Saints getting a linebacker. I think they do linebacker or cornerback here. And I don't think any of the cornerbacks are standout except for Caleb Farley, who I still have falling. Instead, I think they get a good linebacker in Jamin Davis out of Kentucky. Uh, he looks solid, so I think they take him at 28. Who do you have the Saints going with? Yeah, so uh, I have the Saints uh, at 28 here, taking Tyson Campbell, uh, a quarterback, as they improve their secondary. Yeah, that makes sense. As I just said, I think they go cornerback or um, or linebacker. So, yeah, that moves us to the 29th pick where the Packers are on the board. Now, I heard, like, the slightest, slight bit of buzz um, – on Twitter today that the Packers are potentially looking to trade for Julio Jones. It would be ridiculous to have Julio Jones and Devontae Adams. But just assuming that does not happen, which um, I would assume it doesn't, that's, I don't think Julio will actually get traded. The Packers get a solid second receiver. I mean, they have guys like MBS, Alan Lazard, but none of those guys are particularly good. I think they get a potential big playmaker, another receiver. I mean, I know he's a tight end, but another receiver out of Florida, Kadarius Tony. This guy is a beast, and I think he goes number 29. You hit him going 25. Uh, I assume you have the Packers taking a receiver here, too. Yeah, I do. I have them taking Rashad Bateman. Uh, as we can now move on to 30. Yeah, so with the 30th pick, the Bills are on the clock. And I think the Bills get a cornerback here who has been sliding off my board hard. I would have had him going top 15, probably, to one of the quarterback needy teams, like like Cowboys, Broncos, Eagles, or something like that. And then, I don't know what happened, but he, he fell pretty hard. So I have him at number 30, Caleb Farley. Uh, from Virginia Tech, the second Virginia Tech taken in the first round. So I think Farley becomes the fourth cornerback selected, and um, I have one more who we'll see later. Now, the 30th pick, you have the Yeah, so I have the Bills here uh, selecting Joe Tyrone uh, in edge rusher out of the University of Washington. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that makes sense. Uh, he seems solid. Uh, now, with the 31st pick, I think the Chiefs need an edge rusher, whether it's going – I know they have Frank Clark, but whether it's going to be Tryon or um, or um, Carlos Basham. This is an interesting one, but I have them selecting Carlos Basham out of Wake Forest, uh, probably one of the first Wake Forest guys selected in a while. I have Carlos Basham going at number 31. Um, and for myself at 31, uh, I have the exact same thing. Uh, and now we can wrap it up. Uh, at 32 to the Bucks, where I have Landon Dickerson, uh, an offensive lineman, going as I think the Bucks continue to uh, reassure that offensive line. Yeah, with the 32nd pick, I have the Bucks, and and I don't even know how. I'm not even that sure this is going to happen, but I feel like it's possible that they take a cornerback, and I just thought it was funny. So I have the Bucks selecting Asante Samuel Jr. Now. I'm sure you guys know the, uh, I wouldn't say legendary, but very, very good cornerback. He's a four-time Pro Bowler. I think first team, or one or two, maybe even time first team All-Pro. Uh, very good, two-time Super Bowl champion with the New England Patriots, Dante Samuel. 
um, his son. And and the funny thing about this is it just shows how old Tom Brady is if you're playing with a father and then his son. So, yeah, I have the box satisfying a cornerback need. They're not great at corner. Um, they continue to improve a young secondary. So, yeah, that basically wraps up this episode. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed. If um, or you guys will be seeing an NFL draft grade podcast along with an NFL um, buy, sell, or hold. We did this last year. You guys already know the drill at this point. But, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed, and we will talk to you guys next time.